We won the war. What was it all for? Do you support this constitution? Of course. Then defend it. And what if you're backing the wrong horse? Burr, we studied and we fought and we killed for the notion of a nation we now get to build. For once in your life, take a stand with pride. I don't understand how you stand to the side. <laughs> all right. Welcome back to How You Live In Live from Greenwood. Chaz, answering the question for the people. How you living, man? You know what? It's It's been an interesting week, of course. But, you know, personally, I'm not doing too bad. But America could use a little love. Uh, yeah, it's uh, definitely we're reacting to um, Trump's first week on your... You should turn yours up just a bit. But, uh, yeah, the uh, the first week of Trump has been a little bit of a, uh, a kerfuffle. You know, there's a little bit of a... Uh, turmoil going on with his appointments with his executive orders with uh the rollout of some of those things as well um we've had detainees we've had um covert actions we've had uh very divisive appointees um it's been a tough week for america i mean so i think one half of america is really excited and very happy about his decisions and the other half of america is freaking the fuck out yeah it's uh it's been it's been a it's it's been a bit of a roller coaster. Uh, given that, um, I would say before because once we start talking about what's going on with the uh, the current situation, we're not going to get off of it. So, um, I think we should start off with our good old segment callbacks. Callbacks. And uh, I have first to start with a uh, listener-driven callback. I got word from a personal friend who heard my description of the uh, uh, Trump presidency as. Possibly not the apocalypse was my actual quote in the second episode, and they wanted to beg to differ because of this week. So, call back to that. Um, for me, the jury is still out whether or not this is the apocalypse, but uh, I, I I do think it's definitely heading in a direction that we didn't even see uh, back when we recorded episode two. So, call back to episode two when the dream was still alive. <laughs> Uh, what about you, Chaz? Do you have any uh, callbacks from uh, the show's previous? I do have a callback. I have a callback about the Women's March. Once again, right? Women's March. <clears throat> it's very important. Right, but I have a callback because it, my callback is based more on the conservative um, criticism of uh, the Women's March. So I have a couple of clips to play, but not a couple. So I have a few, actually. And I kind of, people who are out there, you're probably, I don't want you guys to be in your bubble. I'm guessing that you guys are mostly liberal who listen right now, but I want you guys to send it out to your conservative friends. So once we start having guests and stuff on here, you will start having that dialogue about stuff that they're talking about, and you can kind of see how they frame the things. So there's been a lot of things about um, the Women's March not allowing uh, women who who are pro-choice or not sorry pro pro-life to come to the Women's March. So I'm going to play like a little uh, criticism that someone from uh, Left, Right, and Center, a podcast that tries to put, do a little bit of that uh, indivisible type thing where they get someone on the left, someone on the right, and someone a little bit center to talk about everything that's going on in America. And this is their rant at the end. 
Well, for my rant, Madonna's crass remarks at the Women's March ended up stealing headlines that should have been focused on what was an overwhelmingly peaceful, positive, and important day. But even more frustrating, the negative headlines she generated came on the heels of negative headlines the March faced for excluding pro-life groups as partners. As I wrote in my column for the Daily Beast, I believe they should have been included. We need as many women as possible holding the current commander-in-chief accountable. And for the record, I have plenty of pro-life friends who have better manners than Madonna. That's all we have. Oh, okay. Was that was that music in the background of the clip? That was that was music that the podcast itself plays at the end. Oh, okay. So yeah, there's definitely been that issue that there weren't a lot of uh, pro life groups there. And when I was thinking uh, a while back, I was like, well, it seems like the big two, like the diametrically opposed position, is like which one has the bodily autonomy? Is it the woman? Or is it the the baby, right? So, for the most part, um, I am definitely pro-choice because I believe in the autonomy of of a woman's body. But definitely, um, I'm going to play a clip from the Roaring uh, Roaring Millennial because I actually had a friend on Facebook who was like, I already got rights, so um, why do I care about the Women's March? And this lady kind of shares that sentiment of the criticisms that conservative ladies had about the women's march social media with these vague statements like we're marching for women's rights and women's equality like donald trump is not trying to take away your rights or your equality what you're actually marching for is the fact that you disagree with him but you don't just get to accuse someone of trying to rob you of your human rights because they come from a different political ideology than you donald trump has never said anything about wanting to take away women's rights to vote their right to own property uh their their right to seek divorce from their husband none of those things well for my rant madonna's crass no, oh, it skipped to the next one. Sorry about that, guys. But yeah, I mean, I like how she pigeonholed to the only rights that you don't care about are the ones for you to buy a home, all right? And and I'm like, no, but we are talking about bodily autonomy. We're talking about women being able to just walk down the streets by themselves without getting catcalled, without men thinking that their only reason to be on this earth is to just, you know, exalt them that's what they that was that's what they marched for and that's what i marched for right i mean i mean i can tell this is a serious issue for you because this is by far the longest callback we've ever had so <laughs> I mean, i'm impressed i mean we're on like our third clip of this callback like call, callback sometimes is like a 10 second statement when it's like both of us are like yo i ain't got any callbacks but uh get, let's continue no i mean this is an important issue this is the women's march uh, we dedicated most of the last episode to it, so yeah, it's a good callback. Go for it. Uh... Yeah, and my last one is more from uh, it is uh, it's from a show. I think it's either on like CNN or C CNBC, and they were going over. They were having a big debate about is Donald Trump going to do anything uh, to women's rights, to, like contraception and stuff. And this right, lady, it's a big concern. I believe her name is Megan something, and she is a big proponent for pro-life. So let's listen for a quick second. Everyone who is around this table and uh, virtually at the table agree that at least that contraception should be legal. You think it should be legal, Kristen? Absolutely. Contraception? I believe certain forms could be legal, yes. What forms could be legal? I don't believe abortion causing contraception should be legal. What kind of contraception are you talking about? That would be hormonal contraception, IUDs, which terminate the life of an early embryo. IUDs? So you you think IUDs should be illegal? I don't think they should be legal. Interesting. All right. Well, we'll they listen. put women at risk and they kill children. Wow. Cool. What about the birth control pill? 
I do not think it should be legal. I actually think that it shouldn't be legal. But that's not what we're talking about. But what, no, 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 no. But, but, Nobody but, in the pro-life movement no, is talking about contraception. You are the one saying, to talk about contraception. Wow. You're saying that the should not be legal. But you just said, I just wanted to get... Hold on, hold on. Kristen, 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 we can't talk about that. I just wanted to get just clarity. You think that the pill and the IUD should be illegal, right? In my ideal world, yes. Wow. But I don't think that's actually wow. something we're working towards. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, there's people out there like that, that are women who just... So, so ladies on the right, I, I, I want to tell you something. Like, I know, I know you guys enjoy sex, right? <laughs> but you probably are under the guise that you have to enjoy sex after being married. It's okay for ladies to enjoy sex if they're not married. Yeah, and they, and, don't, they don't necessarily want to procreate, and they don't want the chance to necessarily do that and if they do sometimes they want options in that case as well yeah exactly like that's why i'm about women's bodily autonomy and yeah. that's why and and i can see why they weren't invited to women's march stuff because or there was one group that was invited and then got rescinded i didn't look up too much on that i'm sorry guys huh. but well, I mean, clearly we knew that there were like trump voters that didn't necessarily side with the entire uh, movement that was the women's march so we we knew to expect someone like this to come down the pipeline eventually obviously. oh yeah um well okay so that was uh the women's march so that's a pretty serious callback i i dare to ask if you had any additional callbacks no 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 that was my one callback <laughs> i just got really specific with it oh yeah like once i knew because once i knew that there was um a lot of uh contention and criticism of the women's march on the right i definitely wanted to let you guys know what that was yeah. and you know you can tweet me at crsii to give me like what your thoughts of or anything but yep that's my callback for uh, for this week. week all right well then uh that's great we we uh we're possibly nearing the apocalypse and uh definitely there are some challenging viewpoints out there that are uh gonna be uh difficult um kind of hills to climb going in the future because of this administration and the Congress and the appointees. And so going forward now, episode seven of the How You Live In podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, I think right now, like, this is kind of going to be a Trump-centric episode, in my mind, just based on the fact of the news this week. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, most of this is going to be kind of the executive order podcast. I mean, this is a lot of a lot of power he's put in the pen in his time in office and uh you know some before we start that i do want to go before we go into all that i want you guys to ha i have some bills that you guys should watch out for there oh there's uh there's bill watch boo 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 bill watch okay what do we <laughs> what do we got what do we got on bill watch this week all right bill watch this week the first one it was introduced to the Congress by the House of Representatives, I believe, like maybe about three weeks ago, and is called the American Sovereignty Restoration Act of 2017. And basically, it's supposed to get us the fuck out of the UN. You know damn well we don't want that. So, but I'm going to say if you guys are going to be calling representatives, you can call Representative Mike Rogers. His number is 202 225 3261. And so look him up on uh, congress.gov and look up what you need to do with him. Uh, my second one is, uh, there's two of them. It's called H.R. 454 and H.R. 278, and they are essentially the same bill. And they're both called Finnish Defense Act 
2017. So basically, this takes what was put in for the Secure Defense Act, which is actually one of the things that Trump is using in his, in his executive order for building the wall, right. to accelerate building the wall. So if you want to block the wall, you need to call your senators about this bill. If you want to know about the representative that put this forth, it is Dennis A. Ross, and he can be reached at 202 two two five one two five two wow and <laughs> and that was available on a website right it's oh like, yeah we didn't just dox him or anything <laughs> no no like, no that's yeah. his congressional number okay cool. <laughs> yeah no you've been doxed <laughs> that's fucked how you live it <laughs> done done don't go against this podcast yo we number one in docs and reps all right but my last one my last <laughs> one because it's a it's a little bit of a callback to the callback my nigga fucking jody b heiss right Ooh. jody b heiss is a new senator from georgia in the 10th district oh wait i sound like i'm i sound like i'm hosting trivia right now i'm sorry guys <laughs> and and he put forth a bill called H.R. 586. It is the Sanctity of Human Life Act. And this bill is basically supposed to put forth that life starts at fertilization. And because there are bills already in place that protect the life of a child, it would effectively make abortion illegal. Huh. So, con like, call your congresspeople. And specifically, Jody B. Bice at 202-225-4101. And that is Bill Watch. Wow, Bill Watch. You actually, wow. I mean, we've even got representative contacts. Okay. And uh, those uh, those that are in charge, man, they, they do need to be held accountable for the people they represent and the things that they're doing. So that's, uh, that's a good point. Um, you know, in, in my understanding right now in Bill Watch, uh, I guess I would tie in... Uh, not really the executive order, but uh, his appointee for the Supreme Court. Oh, yeah, that just came out today. Yeah, um, you might want to look him up. I forget his name, actually, at this point. But basically, he's a uh, federal judge from Colorado in the Denver district. And um, Interesting. Yeah, he's been a page in the Senate before. He worked under the Supreme Court as... Um, some form of assistant or intern kind of thing to both judge uh, Kennedy and a uh, previous judge from uh, the 80s. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, he's uh, so he's got a little bit of um, uh, of experience in the Supreme Court as that. But here's the thing. So on paper, he's pretty good. He's been he was easily confirmed for his federal judgeship by uh, both Democrats and Republicans. But he he's definitely possibly against abortion. He hasn't really had a, a direct stance on it, but um, his religious views kind of would coincide with the idea that he's probably against uh, choice. You know, he's pro-life, as they like to say. The, the argument, I guess, would be anti-choice if you really were to make an arg argumentative statement because you can't fight life with choice it's <laughs> life versus life and choice versus choice they're actually non-competing arguments so. yeah they're when i definitely hear the the pro-life debates they definitely say that um the first thing that they say is life liberty and the pursuit of happiness so that life part they're definitely protecting uh, women and men in the womb before they come out and they're just it, it basically does say fuck bodily autonomy because God has a plan. 
blah 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 blah. Yeah. Anyway. Well, uh, beyond that, I mean, so that's Bill Watch. Uh, so moving forward, I guess, into our uh, executive order conversation, what, what what's uh, struck up for you, man? What have you came across? Uh, which executive order? Because there have been a shit ton this week. Well, that's what I mean. Like, which, like, of the executive orders that have occurred, which one? Oh, well, I guess I, the one that I had a little bit more time to work on and listen to the things of was the one about building the fence. Or or building a wall, I should say. I like I like calling it building a fence. At least at least that kind of diminishes the quality the of building it. a fence because they they have their things called finish the fence act, right? So, <laughs> um, let me see because definitely listening to conservative radio and what conservatives have to say about it, I think you guys definitely need to know where they're coming from, like their mentality and their feelings and how much heart they have into it. So I'm going to paint uh let you listen to Miss Marianne Mendoza. Trump is going to introduce her, but she's I don't want to call her a gold star mom because she's she didn't have someone. Well, I guess she had someone who died who was in public service and it was done by an immigrant. So let's see how they like to vilify them. We're joined here this afternoon by parents whose children were horribly killed by individuals living here illegally. I will now read these parents' names and ask them to stand. Many have become friends of mine over the last two years and have supported me so dearly, and I appreciate it. Mary Ann Mendoza, who lost her son, Police Sergeant Brandon Mendoza. Marianne Mendoza is a realtor from Mesa, Arizona, and she has a, a very uh, serious question about this. Good evening, Speaker Ryan. My um, son, Brandon Mendoza, was a sergeant with Mesa, Arizona Police Department. He was killed on May 12, 2014, by a three-time legal limit drunk, mm. high on meth, repeat illegal criminal, mm. who smashed head-on in a violent head-on collision on my son, in, to my son on his way home from work. We now have mayors who are creating sanctuary cities and using taxpayer money to protect these illegals. What do Americans have who are permanently affected by illegal crime? We've got politicians protecting them. We have court systems that are allowing them to stay in our country. And I'd really like to ask those mayors, what child of yours would you choose to lose in order for illegals to stay here? Because that's the price I've had to pay. Wow. No. <laughs> how you're going to stand by our new President Trump-elect, um, ending sanctuary cities, securing our borders, building a wall, properly vetting refugees who are coming in, to stop the assault on our country, our citizens, and our economy. Wow. Yeah, see, like, so basically that's what happened this week, right? All that stuff she mentioned, Trump was like, I gotta do this, I gotta do this, I gotta do this, I gotta do this. So his constituents are like, I got my Budweiser, and we all dancing around, I got my Budweiser. Like, yeah, God but, damn it, I really need to stop making fun of him like that. I'm a horrible person. Yeah, you know, Budweiser's a very consistent product. <laughs> Consistently terrible. Um, yeah, yeah, it's been tough, man. I mean, if I wanted to continue the executive order talk, uh, I... The wall, yeah, the wall definitely stood out to me, and the fact that it's 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 diverting funds, things are it's it's in process, it's legitimate. You yeah, know? I mean, it, there's only so much the 
the executive orders can do to initiate it. It can't really do much about building, but it's really just putting in the impetus to do a lot of the legwork about how much it's going to cost, yeah. how you're going to actually build it, how it's going to be architected. But, of course, he, he talked about sanctuary cities, and we're in Seattle, and we are very strong, fuck you, Trump, sanctuary city. But there is another city out there that was like, oh, we thought about being a sanctuary city. Or, or I should say, I should tell you, uh, first, I have a clip from the Laura Ingram show, um, and Laura Ingram is one of those, like, hot-button conservative radio talk show hosts, and she was the one that, uh, the Frontline Report, the, the Divided States of America pointed to as lighting the fire under the ass of, like, the Tea Party and yeah. all that, so after I heard that, I started listening. I was like, oh, so this is how y'all operate. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was pretty unfortunate that she had tied in the uh, accident involving her son with the idea of being anti-sanctuary. Exactly, right? It, it's like those two, like the fact, the thing that pisses me off about that, like I'm sad that she lost her son. My condolences are with her. But the fact that it, him being illegal was the biggest thing. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I think the thing that led to it is the fact that he was on drugs and drunk while driving a car yeah right and then she added it in, in that it was very violent right like how do you know that i mean you, you can see the aftermath but that 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 informs an intent of violence right and i don't, I don't you for me i can't discern from not knowing the whole story of there was an extreme intent and in violence but you can see she was there to paint the picture of vilifying a illegal people who are here who might make one human mistake because if you took the illegal part out of that and said a white man hit my car you wouldn't be like you wouldn't be vilifying it you'd be like shit i mean we got to get that person help we got to get them you know we got to get uh get them detox see why they on drugs right it must be a problem but as soon as it becomes illegal they are your monolith to vilify the people that you feel are in contention with with everything that you you think is under attack and yeah well and the fact that they uh, continually she's she's aiming directly at the idea of sanctuary cities which you know sanctuary cities aren't necessarily providing more illegals it's just providing um a framework to to allow them to kind of exist in some type of understanding you know as opposed to just pretending they're not there mm -hmm. which never seems to work yeah so. so i got a clip from laura ingram to tell you how they feel about the the opposition of sanctuary uh, cities. No one's asking them to be radical. No one's asking them to do something that's inhumane. We're asking them to actually be legal and to follow the law. And so this is a big warning sign for California. California has major budget problems. We sit, we have a border with Mexico. We have a lot of trade. When mm -hmm. you look at what is happening with, with uh, the Mexico negotiations over the border wall, um, the problems with uh, possible terrorists coming in, sanctuary cities um, going to be denied funding from the federal government. California is in for a crash. This is the next big story because every major city in California is a sanctuary city. Wow. Yeah, I mean, and the U.S. government said, okay, well, certain certain federal funds won't be extended to you if you don't comply with keeping the proper records on illegal immigrant crime and cooperating with immigration's customs enforcement when we issue and, and put into place an immigration detainer. Hmm. Yeah, and if you heard Trump's speech, the one that I kind of put an excerpt in in Marianne Mendoza's thing, that's when he was at Homeland Security, 
And he's like, even though he has a hiring ban, he's like, but no, you know who doesn't have a hiring ban? Um, like ICE, I forget what ICE stands for. I think it's um, immigration, immigration customs, customs, yeah, enforcement, yeah. yeah. And they're like, we're gonna have five thousand more ICE agents, and I'm like, what the? I'm like, I mean, I get you're doing the things for the constituents, but you you like a breakneck pace with this, so. So I got two more clips for this one. One is from the Miami Dade uh, mayor, and basically he's like, "Oh, we used to be a sanctuary city, but you know, I'm in Trump's pocket, so hail to the null." To the null. Jim Defeaty spoke to the mayor. Jim, what did the mayor tell you? Uh, Elliot, what uh, the mayor is saying about all this? Well, let me say he is standing by his decision. And what is clear is the mayor has not had any real idea of the political firestorm that he was going to see and set off. The USA Today, Today headline said it all. First, sanctuary city caves to Trump demands. The mayor's actions, however, stand in stark contrast to most big city mayors, from Boston to Seattle, who have said they would defy Trump's threats, which is why his sudden decision was so surprising. Why isn't the mayor of that county, the mayor of a county of immigrants, taking more of a stand like that? We've, uh, we, because I, here's what I, what I took when I took the oath of office as mayor of Miami-Dade County. I, I, I took an oath that said that I would support and defend the constitutional laws of the United States. This is Carlos Jimenez. And in Miami-Dade County. And so we comply with federal law, and that's what we do here in, in Miami-Dade County. That's, that's the, the oath that I took as mayor. So for the last, so for yeah, so you can see that he's basically having the same stance that uh, the Laura Ingram show said, like, you've got to be lawful. But I'm going to be saying this a lot. And, you know, I know Thomas Jefferson owned slaves, but Thomas Jefferson said if there is a law that is unjust, you have all moral right to defy said law. So the law is not the end-all, be-all. Like, generally speaking, you think that the law works in favor of creating a just and cordial society, but sometimes laws can go off the fucking deep end and not do that. And when those laws are unjust, you say hell to the fucking no to it. Exactly. Like my nigga Ed Murray. Let's go. Money that goes to Seattle. Have you reconsidered being a sanctuary city? Has that ever crossed your mind? It hasn't because it means we would betray the constitution of this country. And because this is a city that is not going to let children uh, be taken out of our schools and our neighbors taken out of their homes. Where are they uh, recording simply, this? You know, you said, I believe know. that we're being coerced. Actually, the constitution uh, says that the president is coercing us. A lot of these cities are obviously run by Democratic mayors. Is this a political issue? Or what do you say to critics who say that this is simply something that is being politicized for some sort of game in that field? Well, you know, it, it's a moral issue. Um, we're at risk of losing funding. Uh, by the way, I, I should add that, um, you know, cities have uh, suffered decades of, of federal cuts. So the threat is not what it once mm. could have been. Um, but again, Ooh, I think our burn. argument is that we yeah. are on the side of the rule of law. You simply, according to the courts, cannot arrest somebody simply because they're undocumented. And you can't take our money away uh, when we are actually obeying what the courts have said. Wow. Well, thank you, Ed Murray, for representing. He doesn't understand the president's goal in this. Oh, wait. And, we didn't, what we'll play Sean Spicer a little bit later. Um, uh, I'm going to play the shortest clip of the night. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, the response uh, Bill Maher has. Ooh, okay. Which is... Oh, oh. 
Don't ever let them forget. We're still here. Oh, it's we're still here. It didn't work. You never know. Uh, the point being, uh, we're still here. Uh, uh, y- you know, it's it's uh it's gonna be a fight, man. Ever all, all the whole way. <laughs> yeah. You know, and we we have we have soldiers like uh you know Ed Murray representing uh Seattle, and then you know they have uh you know their people, and so it's kind of uh it's gonna be a war of words. And uh, and sound bites and and mud slinging and um, yeah, it's uh, we're there's it, we're definitely at the swing of the pendulum moment, you know. Mm-hmm. It's swinging in a different direction right now, and uh, we we gotta kind of let it swing, kick us kicking and screaming, because if we if we just go with it, you know, the, we'll let it roll too far. Oh yeah, we're definitely not going with this shit. No. Yeah. No, no. They, they're. He's doing what he can right now, based with his limited power as president. But it definitely, we definitely have to go after Congress. And uh, yeah. And, uh, oh, what was I gonna say? All the midterm elections, you know, and uh, we got to look into uh, all of our local candidates still, like keeping track of uh, who's running for the races in your municipality, who's running for the races in your local county, who's running for the races in your state, what are the bills, what are the initiatives, where are the amendments, what bills are people asking you to sign. I know Uh in a lot of those petition states, it's really annoying to see them come around and ask you to see if you want to sign up for a bill. But always take the moment to read the the stack of bills just to see if any of them are, you know, part of the change that you're looking to seek. You know, if you see them that week and you've read through all the bills and you don't support any of the bills, then, yeah, you you can probably ignore them for a while. But but definitely take a look at some of those because the language in those bills affect us all and uh, they set precedents all over this country. They definitely do. And precedents in this country then get set. Federal laws get changed. And so we got to make sure that those precedents that are being set are set in the ways that we believe and so that our freedoms and our liberties aren't encroached upon uh the same argument the right makes but in the terms this time of uh freedom of choices and freedom of you know experience yeah. experience honestly in all reality it's a freedom of experience mm-hmm. be yeah. able to live and experience the life that you choose to live not to be diagnosed not to be told not to be described in a certain way not to be limited you know to allow yourself yeah to explore and experience and be and then kind of then decide who you are as opposed to uh letting them (laughs) you know and trump uh trump's gonna continue to uh to say crazy shit it's worked for him to this point so for him he's like why change the game dude like he's yeah he's just gonna keep being trump i mean he he's definitely very laser focused on his constituency and you know what? I can appreciate that he's being a man of his word, but the the way he's steamrolling over other people's rights to quote unquote protect basically the disenfranchised white person is bothersome. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. The ar- the arguments coming from the right are just ridiculous at this point, you know. Um, I mean, yeah, and th- like the thing that gets me about the right is I I've started to like try to immerse myself in a little bit of their culture, and what I can I get from their their media and such, they are really good at just using every single logical fallacy in order to try the drive in order to try to drive their point home. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, how in the fuck, people? Yeah, they 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 use a lot of trick kind of debate argument theory where they they present their arguments in a way where it's unfallible 
But what's really happening is they're pulling the wool over your eyes, that the argument isn't actually for or even against often what they're actually talking oh, yeah. about. You know, for instance, uh, in that, uh, you know, abortion piece, like, I mean, she's just talking and talking and talking about we're not really trying to limit. We just have specific things we hate. And then she went on to list all of the things. Right. <laughs> basically her she's I, like i'm not gonna limit your choices but i'm gonna remove these specific choices and then list all the choices right <laughs> and i cut it off before she finished but she said the pro-life movement is trying to abolish abortion and i'm like really yeah no and i mean that's been apparent for a while i mean they've they, i mean with the uh with the people getting so ex so ex extreme that they bomb, uh, you know, facilities. Land Parenthood and shit. And, yeah. you know, to the point where, you know, they protest and, and yeah, no, it's, it's clearly their argument out there. That's their, that's their plan and their agenda. Um, yeah, it's. What I really want them to do is I want the pro-life side and the pro-choice side to come down and I want them to establish like their set meaning for what counts as an abortion. Because, like, oh god, I know, right? That I know that's gonna be hard for both sides, but I'm like, I really want there to be like a rubric for them to say, this is what we think as an abortion, and this is the main thing we're gonna debate from now on. I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I guess I, I think to them, them, then abortion is just like it's, it's. Yeah, it's the moment. It's it, to the it, the counter the counterception, the the it, consent. Like the whole moment for them is like there's it's a fertilization. Life. It's like yeah. a life already. It's already a life that it needs to be protected. So it's like I wouldn't even know why to have that conversation in my mind, just because it would be so infuriating for them to basically just not create a definition. I mean, it's just it's yeah. It's, I was. It's not having a baby for them. It's that have the baby is their plan. Yeah, no, that's basically it. That's I was the plan. That's the plan. So, because that's what this world needs, you know, is is people that don't want to have babies to be having more babies. Uh huh. Because that's what this world needs is more babies that people don't want. Like babies have that's the right to life. What about the quality of their life? Quality of life, quality of this Earth's life, quality of the fact that we're starting to learn that there's a limited amount of resources that are going to be sustainable for this planet to continue. And, uh -huh. and if if people are trying to kind of participate in that population control in a very humane way that's been successful and safe for several decades now, if not more, depending on how you uh, how far back you look at it, uh, yeah, the science is there. You got to side with uh, choice. You got to side with technology you got to side with the future yeah i mean that's, that's survival that's survival 101 yeah this is the, the the right is basically arguing like hey why is everyone picking up rocks we've been really good with the sticks we're only sticks for throwing at animals we're not throwing any rocks mm -hmm. a few people are like we're pretty good with these rocks though we're gonna go ahead and also throw rocks and they're like nope we have a full stick policy here if you're not throwing sticks you're not with us if you're not sticks us you're against us <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, and it's like it's just it's irrelevant in their mind that you know there's another option, there's another technology that that is 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 valued, and and the public makes the choice. Ugh. Yeah, I was watching something earlier today, and uh, it was on uh, the Rubin Report. Uh, I can't remember her name, but she is a science reporter and an atheist, and of course a secularist. A secularist. So she is of course pro-choice, and she basically she was once a Mormon, but then rejected it and she said once you take religion out of uh, the the argument 
like all the other secular arguments are basically like well even like i remember i heard one argument today where a lady was like well yeah the baby does actually have an effect on the woman's body but when it gets taken out of the body it also has that same amount of responsibility on the woman and it was one of like one of these critique videos i sometimes watch on youtube and he basically said like well not exactly like the fact that a a zygote, an embryo, and ultimately a fetus uses the woman's body as their incubation chamber in order to grow to become a full-born infant is a little different than when the infant is born and basically has bodily autonomy but needs a little help feeding and changing and they haven't learned to do it themselves. And, and that's the big difference. And But that's the secular argument. Yeah. Which it... is weird. It's uh, it's I'm gonna I'm gonna click this. We're gonna get a list of uh, executive orders so far. Oh fuck! By the uh, Trump administration. Okay, so <clears throat> we have um, recently today we have minimizing the economic burden of the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act. That was one of the first ones he signed. Okay, we have expediting environmental reviews and approvals for high priority infrastructure projects. Now that is kind of like. Uh, that's that's legalese for where I want to build these goddamn pipelines and I don't care what creeks I need to go to fuck through. Kind of, and it's also <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's and it's gonna use high priority infrastructure, so there will be some positive change for some states. So that's gonna get some of these states behind them a little bit. But the expediting environmental reviews is is also kind of language for him, like screw the environment. So I mean, you saw who he picked for the EPA, Jesus. and the person for the EPA is oil. He is. Oh, or they're, they're very butthurt when you call them climate change deniers. But, like, he is very much like, well, climate change isn't happening fast enough, or climate change isn't happening at a global enough scale, or let me refute the fact that 97% of scientists say this, right? So, it still snows in Washington. Right? I'm like, know the <laughs> difference between weather and climate, you little bitch. Come yeah. on now. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Border security and immigration enforcement improvements. That was a recent one. Uh, yeah. Ugh. Enhancing public safety in the interior of the United States. What do you think that is? Does that have something, anything to do with the Chicago problem he's been talking about? I don't. I haven't read that one. I'm gonna say it's about methods um, because I'm being a jerk. Because I know, like, there. Well, Bill Maher said that in a lot of places that voted for Trump, there's also a big meth problem. I know that's a correlation. And I know I made a really bad implication by saying that, but you know I'm a little butthurt. All right, it's Ooh, about butthurt. it's about immigration. Oh, okay. Interior <laughs> interior enforcement of our nation's immigration laws is critically important to the national security and public safety of the United States. Many aliens who illegally enter the United States and those who overstay or otherwise violate the terms of their present a significant threat. Oh, of, say, of the terms of their visas present a significant threat to national security and public safety. This is particularly so for aliens who engage in criminal conduct in the United States. Uh, and then it talks about our sanctuary jurisdictions across the United States willfully violate federal law in an attempt to shield aliens from removal from the United States. Okay, well, so that was... Uh, that was a big one, actually. Yeah, everything Marianne Mendoza said, he's like, I'm getting them, hitting them. Uh, ethics hoodle, commitments hoodle, by executive hoodle. branch and reducing regulation and controlling regulatory costs. And then uh, by memorandum, he's got about another 20, which includes expediting the construction of the Dakota pipeline. Mm-hmm. It's going back. So That's actually something a lot of conservatives support. Well, yeah. 
And, uh, and, but I mean, for that one, because I was listening to Indivisible and I thought that might be like just a populist conservative thing, but no, I think like moderate conservatives and constitutional conservatives support it as well too. But definitely from what I see on my Facebook feed, everyone here is like no dapple, which is definitely makes sense because what they're fighting for is not just the environment itself, but the creeks that the Keystone XL pipeline will go through. And uh, it is not a matter of uh, if a pipeline will break. It's a matter of when. Yeah. They, so yeah. if it's going like um, I was watching something on the Great Courses Plus and I was watching their energy classes and it was talking about the Keystone XL pipeline. And it was saying that the big issue with it is that it goes through a creek or a riverbed that actually gives water to a lot of people in that state. So if it would become contaminated with that oil, that would fuck drinking water for a lot of people within, I think, Kentucky or um, Kansas or something. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, it's definitely going to affect the water if you put a pipeline nearby. I mean, that's that's nothing that we build is permanent. It, everything is yeah. temporary. Things break, things burst, uh, ground moves, shifts. Um, and I know that the pipes lines are built to withstand some of that, but over time and things things happen. Yeah. So uh, yeah, environmentally, he's definitely one of the, he's he's really bad. I mean, this this and him and the Congress and the power in the Senate, like uh. That's one of the biggest problems is the is and I think we've mentioned that in other podcasts. I mean, it's it's literally going forward. We got to protect the environment. We have to stay on top of this because they're going to run right past us and they're going to try and, and, and get, yeah, do everything. They're going to try and do everything they can. I mean, they want oil. They want construction projects. They want to go through things, tear things up, drain, whatever they, you know. It's it's crazy. Yeah. Um. I was gonna say the irony is wasn't Nixon the one who started the Environmental Protection Agency? Uh, he definitely was part of the uh, Clean Water Act in 1975. Um. I don't know if he was actually the one who formed the EPA. Uh. If he did, it was definitely probably an attempt to appease some of the public on the left because he was probably fearing uh, you know, the heat was getting on him for the uh towards his resignation. Oh yeah, because he re- he resigned. His vice president got arrested, and then he resigned, and he was able to appoint his successor. Oh yeah, <laughs> well that no, there's actually that's in secession law though. Yeah, or, or secession um in the constitution. Right, so. right, but it's t- uh, no, no, it's totally legit, but it's also illegit when that guy then just pardons him like a couple weeks later. Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, I guess that's using the system to your advantage. And then because of all that scandal, we were able to get a Democrat in office by the name of Jimmy Carter. Jimmy! Who uh, a lot of historians lately have been looking back over his um, agenda. And essentially, if there wasn't such opposition against him in the House and Senate, as well as the fact that there were these... uh, explosive energy crises that increased gas prices and had gas lines which was like an embarrassment even though it, none of that was on him it was all on the uh the way oil was 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 coming from the the middle east yeah and got disrupted and so uh carter now and then his aftermath being like this humanitarian who goes and builds you know habitat for humanity People have been looking over his administration and seeing how it, he could have been one of the greatest presidents if 
the opposition hadn't managed to 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 basically blame the energy crisis on him and uh and so then when we go to reagan we really take a step backwards as far as our where we could have been as far as energy conservatives um in fact uh, jimmy carter had installed solar panels on the white house oh yeah i remember that and they were uh removed uh by reagan and you know quietly it's not like he made an announcement they were just removed Back in the day, you know, we didn't have, like, watchdog agencies really, you know, keeping that that much track. I mean, there's photos now, aerial photos that show that they were there and that they were removed. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and so my point being is so the Republicans always try to take us a step back on the environment. That's not – it's uh, that's nothing new, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think that's because the Republicans are known for having a lot of their interest in oil and natural gas and coal. And because that's where a lot of that's a lot of what the GDP of their states is based on. And and I think it's also very hard because I think it's hard for them to switch over to doing any sort of renewable energy because there's no way for them to be like, let's take this and then ship it somewhere and make money off of it. Yeah, that's so easy. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I get it. I mean, I mean, (laughs) their argument is pretty good. Hey, we're going to sell you this. And we're like, no, you should innovate. And they're like, but why? We're going to sell this. Yeah, right. I know. Well, and then they just take – and then they build these corporations. I mean these companies are shells for the – even shell the for the, for the areas that they're from, for the, the oil magnets that they that they represent. So, you know, like Texaco is Texas, you know, and like they uh, – they go into you know the Gulf of Mexico and they go into international waters places that they can find gold. They go see gold everywhere, man. And, oh yeah. I mean they're they're international <clears throat> multinational corporations, and uh, they affect our politics because they are some of them are based here in America. Some of them have their ties to those same states from their their beginnings when we used to actually get oil from here. You know, other than now, I guess we get shale oil from North Dakota and California provides some. Texas is, I know it's slowing down in Texas. But yeah, but Texas is a good, um, like, they do a lot. We get um, oil from Canada as well, too. Oh, yeah. Well, Alberta, yeah. Alberta, yeah. Our, Alberta's oil fields are are the, uh, that, that's the one sign that oil will definitely continue to be used because their fields are, are ridiculous. I mean, obviously, the most of the fields are in. Uh, the Middle East, but uh, as far as being on this side of the continent uh, or this side of the globe, uh, it's mm-hmm. one of the biggest reserves. And so, yeah, they're going to be pumping oil for a while. For and me. that's another big thing about the Keystone project because the Keystone – so there's already a Keystone pipeline, but that Keystone, pi- Keystone pipeline ends in the middle of our country in, like, I think uh, Kansas or something. But the Keystone XL is an add-on. It's supposed to be able to take um, oil all the way from Canada down to Texas for oil refinement. So, and that's a, and that also brings up a provision that we're allowed to do that because of NAFTA, and that is something that uh, the president wrongfully so it says has been a bad deal for us, which it has not been. Right. But I think again when he says it's been a bad deal. Um, I think what he's basically saying is it's been a bad deal for people who want to have low wage jobs and raise families. And because of that, I feel like I need to renegotiate it. So people who could have low wage jobs and raise families can feel like they have an American dream again. And uh, I'm like, okay, get it. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, 
Well, I mean, we got we we have to lighten it up. We always have to lighten it up. That's true. Because uh, we I knew this was be one of our most serious episodes just because the uh, um just the way this week has gone, man. Oh yeah. I mean, cheers to everybody out there for for surviving this first week of Trump. It's been a it's been a hurricane. Right, and my hearts go out to all of the refugees that were um detained, detained, or, or anybody who came through and were res- detained, restricted, required to return to their place of origin, wherever, whatever occurred. Like, yeah, the, our apologies, and you know, from 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 our country's representation in that manner, that's just not who we really are. We're sorry. This guy hoodwinked us. He took our country over, mm-hmm. and we're dealing with him as well, man. We, and we appreciate the protests that I've seen going on in Europe. Oh yeah, and all over this globe, uh, uh, g- going against Trump like that is is really inspiring to to know that that you're not alone and that other people are 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 going out of their way to make their voice against him heard. You know that has been a long time since that's happened. People weren't doing that to Obama. Yeah, no, they weren't. And so they were doing it at one point to to bush but it was only when those wars got really out of hand mm-hmm. you know um and i would definitely if you guys want a little bit more gist of what the american people are feeling i would listen to the indivisible podcast on wnyc and yesterday's episode which i guess is um january 30th they talk about people were just calling in and they were talking about their experiences with it and there was definitely a few people. One guy called and he was like, I was trying to pick up my dad from the airport from JFK and it took me like an hour and a half and I hated it. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And But then there was another guy who was like, um, I really had to think about it, but I support the ban. And he, he his voice cracked a little bit, which, which makes me think that he he had a little bit of reservation to it still but ultimately he came strong into his position about like we have to be strong he uh did a few years over in the Iraq and he saw that there were good muslims but he made note of the bad muslims and he's very afraid of the bad muslims coming over here and doing things and he talked about how they would kill families so in order to keep us strong and bring us back to task, it's okay to block them as long as we have a better vetting process. Even though the vetting process we have for immigrants is like two years and goes through a lot of bullshit. So I don't fucking know what they want. All right, man. Uh, for I'm thinking about doing a two-parter today since we were so heavy, heavy-handed. We're gonna we're gonna level it out with a with a little bit of. Uh, Com- comedy and 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 calmness you know yeah we'll, we'll... i also i also have some inspiration I'm okay not, i'm not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna yeah. leave you guys hanging we're not gonna leave us hanging. Like okay a so i want to ask you man we're we're from that era uh you remember when the uh when turner broadcasting added the cartoon network to, oh yeah to the dial and for a long time it was just like merry melodies and old cartoons we knew but then they started to produce their own shows Oh, hell yeah. Oh, shit. And what question is this going to be? And it's the era of Cartoon Network. What Cartoon Network produced shows do you like? And I'm even talking pre-Adult Swim first. Shit. We can add Adult Swim. But, like, Yo, but like back, cause like back in the day, they had that competition. And the winner, the original winner of a uh, submit your idea of a cartoon was none other than Johnny Bravo. Do you remember Johnny Bravo? Yo, Johnny Bravo was my shit. Dude, Johnny Bravo uh, kind of looked like he had this Elvis style, uh, what do you call that, uh, a pompa, is it a, 
I forget what you call that. Pompadour? Pompadou? Pompa... Yeah, it's a little bit of a pompadour. pompadour. Yeah, it's a pompadour. Yeah, he had that style of hair. It was blonde. He was like hip. And it was uh, it was one of the first kind of like simply done cartoons. You know, it was just drawn real simple, just kind of real easy, modern style. And it was funny. And uh, so that came out in 1997. So that's kind of the beginning of it. That's a good one. But mm-hmm. do, you, do, you, do you remember any of those shows? Oh, yeah. Oh, that, that was like, that's a little, that's like basically my preteens into teenage years so i gotta go with dexter's laboratory oh for sure that that was that was my that was my shit because he was just all sciencey and i'm all about that science right no yeah he was smart and he you know his sister was always trying to ruin his day and then y'all can't forget about the powerpuff girls right and i mean there you go like yeah you know breaking down the patriarchy right there right exactly (laughs) right they were sugar spice and everything nice but they beat your ass Right? Did you see the way they would murk the shit out of Mojo Jojo? Oh, dude, for sure. Oh, dude, yeah, that was the best part about that show. Like, because back in the day, as a dude, you might have to be sometimes like, yeah. I mean, I'm not, it's not like I, I don't watch Powerpuff Girls. You know what I mean? I'm, eh. Anyway, and then right. you'd go home and it would be on, and you'd be like, like they are the joy and the laughter. <laughs> Buttercup, she has the toughest spider. Powerpuff saves the day. <laughs> <laughs> but the fight scenes were dope. Like, and they were funny. They were they had witty lines and stuff. Right. I caught myself watching them a few times, man. I had to be like, this is some legit stuff. Uh, so yeah, the Cartoon Network shows, those are, yeah, I would say Dexter's Lab, I remember Johnny Bravo, and then after that, you know, in the early 2000s, that's kind of when the era of, uh, Adult Swim yeah. kind of took over, um, the, uh, the Cartoon Network, they kind of shared a bandwidth in a way, mm-hmm. they were, uh, kind of considered separate channels, but uh, what did you think of the, uh, Adult Swim era? You know what, Adult Swim was good. I, you know, I like o- Aqua Teen Hunger Force. That's right. I'm trying uh, to Sea Lab 2021. I think was Robot on there. Chicken. Robot Chicken. Metalocalypse. Robot Chicken. Robot Chicken's pretty good. Seth, shout out to Seth Green. Right. You know? Robot Chicken is that shit. Yeah. Like that shit is hilarious. It's good, right? And it was like low key social commentary. And, right. It was low key social commentary, late night kind of a uh, good kind of adult humor and uh, and stop motion featured some mm-hmm. stop motion which is always a uh a cool thing right i also feel like i can't forget about one uh show that's coming back and that's samurai jack is that and was that from that i i think it was it's definitely a cartoon network original okay but i don't know if it i think it was shown more on the cartoon network side and yeah. not so much the uh toonami side oh and then there was the toonami yeah that's when they they got yeah all the asian animated kind yeah of style yeah, no, that's uh, yeah. So that was my, that's one of my. I mean, and then if we wanted to do uh, a second one, what's what is okay? We we did basketball, so let's lump the rest of them together and say outside of basketball, what are some of your favorite sports movies? Um, so one, if you haven't seen it, it's kind of hilarious. It's called The Sixth Man. And basically, it has I think I uh, forget what I think Marlon Wayans. That's basketball. Oh fuck, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> like I clearly, I clearly I, outlined I, I, one rule. He's like, don't talk about basketball. And well, we my ta- black ass talks about basketball. We talked about. <laughs> we already did basketball movies, so I figured it'd be. Shit. Did they even talk about the like the six man last you, you time we talked it, about yeah, it? Yeah, you brought it. No, you 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 assumed that I had never seen it, and you were right. But it was <laughs> funny that you made. Fuck, you I like, really like that movie. It's uh, hilarious. Okay, 
All right, let me try to think of another. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tie. Okay, well, while you think, I'll okay. I'll, I'll get. I'll, I got I'll, one, but you can I'll go. give a couple. Okay, because okay, clearly, if you go kind of cinematic quality kind of movie, everyone tries to reach out for Rudy. Oh uh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's this football warm heart movie or whatever. But uh, you know, I I like something a little a little more nutty. So uh, there's always ladybugs. The classic '90s Rodney Dangerfield vehicle, oh, okay. where he coaches his son as a girl oh, on the girls' my gosh. team. Yeah, dealing with identity change and problems. That, prob- that was a trope in the '90s. It was. Oh yeah. Oh for sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 They just had to, you know, put on a dress and it just changed. Oh, what is going on here? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. white chicks. You know. Right. Just- Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. Jamie Fox on in Living Color. Medea. Right, um, <laughs> Martin Lawrence on Martin, on Martin playing Shanae. <laughs> <laughs> my <laughs> <man>. <laughs> Oh my god, that was a good show. Yeah, Martin Lawrence, like he had that moment where he like dehydrated, quote unquote. <laughs> oh, I remember that. Went crazy, like shirtless and like a in, like a, a super warm looking coat, but, right? Like, with a gun in like his boxers, like, like it, the weirdest photo you've ever seen mm-hmm. of a celebrity. I was like, I think you took Blue Streak a little too far, son. <laughs> a little too far. Good movie. It <laughs> right? was a good movie. Blue Streak when he hit the diamond and then it became uh it became a uh a cop <laughs> a police station, so he had to become a cop to get the diamond. Oh my god. But he was a good cop. Right. Oh my god, <laughs> that movie. Blue Street, and then the people recognize him. What are you doing here? Like, cause all his criminal friends come. Mm-hmm. Through. They was like, "Why are you here? Why are you here? <laughs> so can you give me out, son? Can you give me out? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's a good one. Yeah, sport. What you got for the sports movie? Ah, uh, sports movie. I hope I did. I, I damn it. Okay, I did have one in my head. Oh, oh, I got it. Um, Friday Night Lights. Okay. Right. Okay. Classic. Class. Did you can did you move on and watch the series as well? No, I actually didn't watch the series. Okay. okay like, so you have that, you know, out there. Right. I <laughs> could watch it. That's true. Because NBC, it was the one network that didn't really do a lot of streaming. So if it wasn't on stream, I was like, I don't know how to watch it. Yeah. So yeah. It, it, I think it eventually was probably on like Hulu or something. Yeah, I think it might be on Hulu. An, now. That's like an annoying one to watch. Those commercial streaks on Hulu are so annoying. Because mm-hmm. they they're just like really loud, weird commercials, but they take like a minute each, mm, and they'll yep. be like add one of five, and you're just like this is ridiculous, right? Like, and you also would think just a a little criticism of Hulu and just ads in general, um, you would think they have enough data of a person that they would be targeting ads based on what you consume generally instead of it still being on a show by show basis and just highly generic like yeah yeah and like why like and then isn't it weird the companies that do advertise cuz it's like how much does skittles need to advertise like I'm aware of Skittles. Like I'm so aware of Skittles, I don't even know that Skittles exist to know that if I want Skittles, I know mm-hmm. where to get Skittles. Every time someone makes arguments about iconic things needing commercials, I would say there are always babies. There's always, there's, <laughs> like, uh, right, like there's always a new generation that is ignorant to it that will needs likely to, needs to taste the rainbow. Exactly. Okay, that's um, a good argument. <laughs> I mean, continuing with the uh, the sports, I mean, uh, there's always there's a bunch of baseball ones because you've got like the natural. Oh yeah, which is a classic Robert Redford kind of a weird little tale, but it's got that music, you know. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> I I always try to see um African American biopics, so I definitely liked Forty Two when I saw it. Yeah, Forty Two was good. That was a good biopic on uh, Jackie Robinson. Mm, yep. Yeah, who was uh selected and specifically like in that movie, it kind of shows because they knew the the type of difficulty it was going to be to break the color barrier. Mm-hmm. But there were actually other players who statistically were probably better baseball players. Oh yeah, for but sure. He, he thought we're going to probably break under the pressure mm-hmm. of being that role, and so it's really it's really interesting the relationship. Uh, Branch Ricky, that's the name of the uh, the manager. That, yeah, that broke the color barrier. But yeah, that's it's, it's an interesting relationship the two of them had. It was interesting seeing that movie how Jackie Robinson was like, I ain't gonna take your shit, white man. Like he was like he he was like, What do you think you doing here, boy? I'm here to play baseball. What are you here to do, boy? Because I'm here to play baseball. I'm like, Yeah, but get on. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Yeah. It was, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Alright, well we got we got some of our sports movie uh information out there for you to to go check out and enjoy something that's not Trump related. Yeah, you know, you gotta, you gotta. If you don't want to see Trump in a movie, you have to avoid Home Alone too. Yeah, I don't Lost in New it. York. Um, just play the video game. You know, <laughs> it's on Nintendo. Right, and Baron Trump was gonna look at that and be like, "I'm gonna do this too." Lost in New York, Baron Trump. Oh my God, where is my baby? Where is my baby? <laughs> Starring Melania <laughs> I, Trump. I just want like Baron Trump. Fast forward like 30 years, he gets elected president, and it's just this, he has the same problem as on inauguration night. Like every time he's in public, he's like almost falling asleep. He's like, oh, anyway, how are you gonna invade Canada tomorrow? Anyway, oh, I gotta get some sleep. Right? <laughs> no more questions. <laughs> he was really tired. I mean, he's a kid, and he get he's off limits. I forgot. I forgot. Right? You know, family, family's off limits. That is true. That is true. We're not talk about. We're not supposed to talk about the Baron. Baron, whatever you know. Good luck, B. Baron von Strucker. Be, be a good man. <laughs> be a be a good man, B. You know, do do the best you can do, B. Right, but I do. I do have one more uh segment I wanted to do. Ooh. Like, like, but this segment is supposed to be how to fight because you you know you know, it's been a week and. If you were like me, like maybe a few days ago, you felt a little powerless, maybe. Right. Like it just felt like it was like what's gonna happen. Like you wake up, like oh shit, what now? Pa- powerless, right. uh, February fifth on NBC. No. Powerless. Uh, I had to, I had to do a pl- plug for it because my boy Ron Funches be on that, and his character name is Ron. So shout out to Ron Funches entering the DC universe under his own first name. Okay. That's a cool way to do it. Obviously, he has no superpower. He's a powerless individual. That's the that's kind of the hint of that show. But yeah, shout out to him. And uh, my boy Ian Carmel is getting a TV show on Comedy Central. It's going to be a sports-related talk show hosted by my other Portland friend, Ian Carmel. So two Portland people hitting the airwaves this year. Nice. Look out for it. Good comedians, too. So, you know, as uh, one of my friends was telling me, it's like, you know, you know, we might have to take a little bit of um, a playbook from Hamilton, even though Hamilton's like, shit, man, I want to do some things. He doesn't want to miss his shots, man. Right? So, you know, I got a little Hamilton just to inspire you, because I know know y'all like Hamilton. Hamilton's that shit. Lin-Manuel. Yeah, boy. No, we need bold strokes. We need this no, plan. No, you need to convince more folks. Well, James Madison won't talk to me. 
That's a non-starter. Uh, winning was easy, young man. Governing's hard. They're being intransigent. You have to find a compromise. But they don't have a plan. They just hate mine. Convince them otherwise. And what happens if I don't get congressional approval? I imagine they'll call for your removal. Sir, figure it out, Alexander. That's an order from your commander. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> your commander or anything like that, but... Definitely because with the immigration ban going on, building a wall and everything, and the Congress and how or Congress being owned by the Republicans, basically I feel like now is we got to do everything we can to hold the line until uh, 2018. So definitely here are some resources from people who are taking up what the Tea Party movement did because, again, the front line uh, – report of divided states of america definitely made it a big thing that the tea partiers were the ones that kind of started to push in the people that we see now like um the mitch mcconnell's and definitely paul ryan was a tea partier basically yeah. that came in as like now he's speaker uh, of the fucking house bachman yeah yeah and when you heard in that um well in that marianne mendoza clip i played that was from the cnn town hall uh, that they did with uh, Trump supporters, mm -hmm. and, and they were basically talking to Speaker Ryan and saying, like, what are you going to do? And there's a lot of good stuff in that. If you have time to watch it, watch it. You can definitely, you're going to definitely start seeing the mindset of those people. And that'll, like, as much as Trump is going off the deep end to us, you'll see why it doesn't feel like it's off the deep end for them. And... So, You've got all the clips this week, man. Right, I know. I mean, I'm prepared, and I'm just not shooting. I'm not shooting from the hip, right? So, so this one is from a New York senator, and he's basically. I'm gonna play a little bit of the clip and say how to fight, and then I'm gonna go over uh, Indivisible, which is a website. And they have indivisibleguy.com. You can go there, and they give you basically steps of how you can start being more active in the political process and getting your voice out there to your um, and letting your uh, governors and House members know, or sorry, your senators and your representatives of the House know, like what you're worried about, what you're watching them on, and you're watching them like a hawk. That's why I do uh, Bill Bill Watch. So you can go to your constituents and be like, I don't like this bill. Vote no. Right. All right. So I'll play this little clip first. Letter writing is interesting, emailing is interesting, uh, phone calls are good, but there is nothing more valuable uh, nor spontaneous uh, than showing up at an event that a member of Congress is at uh, and asking them, why did you vote a certain way? What's your position on a certain issue? I'm Congressman Steve Israel. I've served in Congress for 16 years. Uh, I'm now retiring, uh, having uh, represented the state of New York uh, in the House of Representatives. You call a member of Congress uh, in their Washington office or their district office, an intern answers the phone. The intern says, thank you for your views, I'll convey them to uh, the congressman or the congresswoman. Uh, that information is tabulated uh, and uh, a letter is composed by a legislative correspondent or a legislative assistant and uh, sent back to the person who called. Uh, and so to, to think that you're really going to be able to persuade a member of Congress based on that phone call or that letter, um, I think falls short. Then why did we give out the phone numbers earlier in the podcast? <laughs> I 
mean, uh, you, you, you gotta do something. Like, like we we gave them out on podcast for a reason. It's layers. I'm building something. Okay. It's like I'm building a fucking cake, right? Like right now, I'm putting about to put it in the oven. Okay. All right, all right. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Then I'm gonna play this um indivisible clip, and basically it goes over like what they feel are the action steps if you want to start being a more politically vocal to your um. To let them know that their constituency will not take the Trump presidency anything but fiercely and just be against everything that he's going to do that is just taking us away from our American rights and our American privileges. So, you're your goal. If you're like me, you've been pretty freaked out about Trump and his agenda. Good news. Smart people with tons of experience in how politics really work have put together a practical guide on how to make Congress listen to us that you can find at indivisibleguide.com. Members of Congress only care about their constituents, and that means you. You will have three simple targets, your two U.S. Senators and your representative. You will let them know how you feel about every important issue that comes up. But a warning, it's going to require a little more than just calls and petitions. This all begins when you join a local group or start your own. Once you're part of a team, there are four simple tactics to engage in. Town halls. Members of Congress will hold them. You just have to show up and use the public comment sections to voice your opinion. Public events. Your members of Congress will be out there cutting ribbons and kissing babies. You need to be there asking the smart questions and holding them accountable to issues they are on the wrong side of, or thanking them for being on the right side in hard times. Office visits. Members of Congress take meetings, schedule one, or just show up and bring some friends. Let them know you care, you vote, and you are watching them. Call them. Work with local groups to participate in mass call days so your members of Congress can't ignore their constant ringing phones and full voicemail boxes. Over half a million individuals have already downloaded the guide. Over one hundred. I mean, yeah, it, it it is all good. I I would like like to venture to say that 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 they also have the ability to kind of ignore all that, even if it seems like it's getting streamed into them. They will they will often just turn blinders on it. Um, well, if, the, if they know that it's coming from a place that they just aren't gonna listen to, you know. Yeah, but there's okay. definitely like you just gotta be loud. You gotta be out there. You you gotta be shocking. Because right now, remember, I remember when they were saying, like, yeah, we do these town halls and they were boring. And now we go to the town halls and they were like, what the fuck is going on here? Well, uh, we went a little long this week. So uh, it is actually time to for our final thoughts and to uh, to, to play them out on uh, whatever song you're thinking will, uh, uh, you know, inspire them going forward. Um, and, uh, so I would like to just say, uh, you know, just stay active, everybody, you know, uh, keep, keep abreast of what's going on and, uh, you know, yeah, definitely reach out to your Congress people. I mean, and if you've got the uh, time and money, go, go try and schedule something at their, uh, DC offices. If you have people that are in the, on the federal side, because, mm-hmm. uh, I've, I've visited the, uh, the offices of representatives when I, lived in Oregon uh, out there and it was uh representative Blumenauer took the time to talk to me and uh, his aide and intern gave me some uh, information about, you know, the bills they were sponsoring and working on. And yeah, it was a good little conversation and they actually, they all are approachable. If you, if you do make the, uh, the effort and you do it in a way that's, uh, you know, respectful. 
Yeah. You know, you have to respect the office. No, um, um, the Tea Party didn't respect the office very much. I don't, what the, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't necessarily speak for anybody other than myself, <laughs> but I definitely don't speak for the Tea Party, so they, they're they definitely doing their own thing. Uh, you can always follow me at Seatown Mayor, that's S-E-A-T-O-W-N-M-A-Y-O-R, because I'm your municipality, I'm the helping your municipality by the coast. Uh, Mr. Jazz, what do we got left, man? You- so, the only other thing I have is there is an event happening in Seattle that I think I, call- I talked about last podcast called uh, Let's Talk. Because I do think, like, the- because right now, because the Republicans own everything, we're going to have to try to find some allies on that side. It's all like, like we said, we don't have the votes. We're going to have to convince yeah. more folks. That's true. So That's real truth. And so there is an event that started out in Portland, actually, called Let's Talk. And one of my friends told me about it. I think I said this last week. And But I know when it's going to be and where it's going to be. So if you're in the Seattle area or if you're in the Pacific Northwest and you want to come out and have people who are probably both liberal, conservative, and in the center and say, this is the issues that I'm having, and these are the issues that I kind of want to fix in America, you can go to the Royal Drummer Cafe on February 26th. Um, it starts at 3 p.m. and goes probably until about like 5.36. And it'll be an event where people just get to talk candidly about what is on their minds, and then everybody there starts discussing it, and you just get kind of like a better... You get out of your bubble. Now, that's what I... Like I think we need to simultaneously block Trump, but also engage outside of our bubble. Yeah, because yeah. you can't. We can't villainize the other side. We have to approach the other side and find out, you know, what ground they stand on and what types of common uh, ground is available. There are things that we do agree on. Um, to some degree, I would say, in my mind, I assume Trump thinks he's doing what he is good for America. So that's what's weird out of all this is you know i'm definitely feeling offended by the things he's doing but it's somehow coming out of a place where he thinks what he's doing is right and also his constituency thinks Uh, he's doing is right but what they don't understand is they've had the wool pulled over their eyes and since they're very susceptible to false truths false equivalencies you know begging the question fallacies moving the goalposts straw men all that stuff what they believe is true is not the truth and it'll it's going to be very hard for them to understand that what he's saying to you isn't actually the truth, but we got to start somewhere. Yeah. And I definitely, so, and I guess I have, like, not a segment, but like I always say, I want to give you something to help you grow your brain and get yourself outside of whatever that mental stagnant place you might be in or not being in. You're listening to this podcast, so you might be, I'm thinking you're open to, like, new things and learning new things, I hope. And yeah, or you're drunk on iTunes and you're like, let me do this on like, well, that's how you live. <laughs> so that'd be cool. Shout out if you do that. Right? Exactly. <laughs> who's drunk who's drunk podcasting? That sounds like a fun idea. So so definitely look up um indivisible. So I got two W N Y C I think I called it W Y N C last time because I'm dumb. Dyslexic, I guess. I don't know. But WNYC has Indivisible, and every Monday through Thursday, they'll be doing uh, basically a call-in talk show that talked about the issues of the day. I'm guessing that today's... Well, no. I'm guessing tomorrow's will be about the Supreme Court uh, justice that just got nominated and seeing how people talk about that. So you can definitely listen who people are going to be scared of. And you're still going to see a lot of... um, 
divisive comments and stuff because people are still in the camp of he's working for me and fuck this nigga right so right all right man um where can they follow you at man oh yeah um well I also I'm gonna I'm gonna make another I'm sorry. <laughs> Come on, man. You, we got we got to summarize sometimes. We eventually. Uh, I wish I I always want to. You got to make them digestible for the people. You know. So. I know. I know. I okay. just I just wanted to say that you can also look up a cool series on WNYC called uh, "Busted: America's Poverty Myth." Okay. So and that's like a five se- um five part series that you can listen to. That's really good about debunking things about uh, welfare and things that you might think about how hard or easy it is to come up from your station, if you will. But, of course, you can find me at CRSII on the Twitter, and I haven't posted anything on my Tumblr, but uh, chazbaz.tumblr.com there when I start posting more long-form stuff. But, yeah, that's about it. Next week, episode 8, call it Lifeboat. We're going to figure out something. We're going to be on a lifeboat. Uh, What? (laughs) We're in the middle of Trump's ocean, man, and I got to get out of it. Um... What do you uh? What do you got? You got, you got a queued up song, or you got something you're you're gonna let the people? Uh, everyone have a good time yeah. as best you can. Stay alive. Uh, hug your neighbor, and uh, try try your best to to steer this country in the direction you believe in. Cause this 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 current thing is crazy. Yeah, this we- can't be everybody. This is this has to be a minority few that are not 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 thinking straight. Can we yeah. can we get some mushrooms for Trump? Can we do something? Ah, okay. <laughs> mushrooms for Trump. I feel you. <laughs> All right. Peace out, guys. Thanks okay. for listening. I was younger than you are now When I was given my first command I led my men straight into a massacre I witnessed their deaths firsthand I made every mistake and felt the shame rise in me And even now I lie awake Knowing history has its eyes